Welcome to WTBU News Today. I'm James Paleologopoulos. Boston's been seeing some cloudy weather lately as things start to cool down for the week. Temperatures for Friday are expected to reach a high of 64 degrees with a low of 47, with more of the same over the weekend. Some scattered showers are expected Friday before mostly sunny weather on Saturday and Sunday. Now we'll move into the Boston University COVID-19 dashboard update. On Wednesday, one member of the Boston University community tested positive for COVID-19. The one positive case was a student with no employees testing positive at the time. On average, BU's lab took 18.4 hours to process each test. That one positive student test follows three days of no new reported cases among students. In total, 126 members of the BU community have tested positive this fall. 11 students are currently in isolation, and 83 have since recovered from the disease. Cyan Seymour is here now to report on a new committee at Boston University created with a focus on anti-racism. The BU Board of Trustees has established a new diversity committee. Its goal is to further the university's anti-racism agenda. Robert A. Brown, BU's president, announced in a letter to the university on Tuesday. Brown says the new committee will ensure that issues of diversity, inclusion, and anti-racism are prominent at the highest level of the university's governance structure. The letter says that the committee's membership will be determined next month. Andrea Taylor, who stepped down as a trustee last month to become BU's first senior diversity officer, says that the committee will be closely aligned with the efforts of the anti-racism working group. This group was newly created by Brown and compromises university leaders and it will be chaired by Taylor. The anti-racism working group is responsible for examining our institution's racial climate, biases, and progress, and identifying best practices to foster diversity, equity, and inclusion, said Brown in his letter. The first meeting will take place in October and focus on developing a work plan for the remainder of the year. In Boston, Massachusetts, I'm Cyan Seymour for WTBU News. Joining us now is Grace Ramey with a preview for a special virtual event Harvard Medical School is hosting next week and the special guests who will be taking part. At a virtual event on October 8th held by Harvard Medical School, student LaShira Nolan will be joined by Bill and Chelsea Clinton and a group of other luminaries to discuss strategies for building a more inclusive future. It is being put on in collaboration with the Clinton Global Initiative University and Morehouse College a historically black college founded in Atlanta. The Morehouse president expressed his interest in creating important conversations that will challenge students to become agents for change in building a healthy economy. The event will include panels and discussions focused on health equity in the midst of the pandemic, entrepreneurship, innovation, and recruiting a diverse workforce. President Clinton released a statement about the colloquium, stating that 2020 has brought racial inequities to the forefront of American discourse, and America cannot succeed as a country until all of its people are given the opportunity to do so in an equitable manner. In Belmont, Massachusetts, I'm Grace Rainey for WTBU News. Now we'll head over to Isabel Wolfing for a story on how refugee advocates are reacting after the U.S. announced even fewer refugees will be taken in this year. After Wednesday's last-minute notice that the government would be decreasing the refugee allowance into the United States to a record low of 15,000 total individuals, advocates for refugees, including faith-based organizations, denounced the plan on Thursday, saying that it contradicts American values. Last year's 18,000 refugee cap was already a historical low, and since Trump has taken office, the refugee allowance has been cut by more than 80 percent. 
The announcement has prompted an outcry from faith-based groups who are key voters that Trump has seeked to appeal to in certain states during his re-election campaign. The Church of World Service, a group that helps refugees resettle in the United States, called on Congress to step in, stating that the cuts in refugee allowance is unacceptable and immoral. Other than offering recommendations and seeking to influence final decisions, however, Congress is technically powerless to set refugee limits under the 1980 Refugee Act, which allows the president to make the final decisions. Refugee admissions were halted in March amid the pandemic, when the number of refugees admitted had reached 10,800. As more countries close borders to refugees seeking relief from persecution, war, and famine, many advocates are concerned about the reverberating effects of increasing refugee limits and the problem with the Trump administration dismantling a program that has historically garnered bipartisan support. In Boston, Massachusetts, I'm Isabel Wolfing for WTBU News. Next, from Stella Lawrence, a story on how authorities are investigating after a laptop and USB drives used to program voting machines in Philadelphia were stolen. After President Trump made misleading claims about poll watchers in Philadelphia in Tuesday night's debates, another blow to the city's voting came to light on Wednesday when a laptop and several USB drives used to program voting machines were stolen from a city warehouse. City officials have opened an investigation into the theft and are making sure no voting machines have been compromised. The Philadelphia Inquirer reported city officials are confident the November 3rd election will not be disrupted by this incident. The laptop and USB drives belong to an on-site employee of the company that supplies the voting machines and are believed to be the only equipment taken. Concerned about how Trump and other conservatives would use news of the theft to further discredit the city's elections, city officials only confirmed the theft after the Philadelphia Inquirer informed them it would run the story based off sources not authorized to speak publicly about the incident. In Boston, Massachusetts, I'm Stella Lawrence for WTBU News. Finally, an update from Victoria Popovska on the recent flare-up between Turkey and Greece and what's being done to avoid further tension. Turkey and Greece have set up a military hotline to avoid accidental clashes in the Mediterranean region. NATO Secretary General Jen Stoltenberg announced the creation of the hotline on Thursday as a part of efforts to defuse arguments over resources in the region. Tensions between the two countries rose this year, especially after Turkey sent a research ship to a disputed area. The establishment of the hotline comes as the EU meets to discuss the bloc's ties with Turkey, who has been a long-term candidate for EU membership. Efforts to allow Turkey a place in the EU were stalled due to criticism of Turkey's record on human rights violations and rule of law. In Boston, Massachusetts, I'm Victoria Popovska for WTBU News. That's it for this edition of WTBU News Today. Be sure to tune in to our full program every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time over on WTBU Radio. On behalf of Mia McCarthy, Megan Gregoire, Alex Corey, Grace Ferguson, and Lily Kepner, I'm James Paleologopoulos reporting from Agua, Massachusetts for WTBU News.